The information provided in this podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be considered as personal financial advice. The content is not intended to be a substitute for specific professional advice and listeners are advised to seek professional financial advice from a qualified advisor to assess their individual financial situation before making any decisions. Hi, and welcome to the Real Money Mama podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gardner. I'm a certified financial advisor, a mum of three, and I am obsessed with helping people like you achieve greater financial success. In this podcast series, I'll share my money stories, savings hacks, and financial insights with you so you can get started on achieving your financial goals no matter how big or small. So if you're ready, I'm definitely ready. Let's get started. The Real Money Mama. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Real Money Mama podcast. Yay! Thank you so much for joining me. You know, this podcast is something I've wanted to do for such a long time and I'm so glad that I'm finally in a place in my life where I have the time, the ability and the freedom to do this podcast and share with you all the stories and insights that I've picked up over the years. And because this is the very first episode, I wanted to start with a topic that is so fundamental and important to your future financial success. And in some ways, this is one of those key foundations that you really need to get right if you are going to be successful and have that financial freedom and the money and the happiness and all of those things that we all want to have. And so today we are talking about money in relationships. Now, I'm sure you're probably already aware But one of the main reasons that couples in Australia get divorced or split up, separate, so on, is financial stress. And this is because money-related problems such as financial instability or disagreements over spending habits can put strain on a marriage or a long-term committed relationship. And so often in my work as an advisor, I see couples where one partner controls all of the money and the other has very little control. And sometimes it is even bordering on financial abuse. I also see situations where one person is perhaps a big spender and hasn't got a lot of discipline with their spending, but the other person is perhaps a really good saver. And so there's issues where one partner thinks the other is perhaps wasting money. And and so these differences can cause massive arguments and really big relationship problems. However, if we deal with it in the right way, there are ways we can implement the right structure and boundaries. And if we've got respect and communication in our relationship, having differences like these, they can actually create an amazing mix for your financial future. You can balance each other out. And so I'll use myself and my partner, my husband, as an example. Okay, so this may come as a surprise, but I am actually quite um, a spender. Um, I know that might seem unlikely because I'm a financial advisor, but it is true. I do like to live for the now. I like to celebrate things whenever I can. I like to have great experiences. If we have a party, 
And look, my friends can attest to this, but if we have a party, I like to go all out. And I know this about myself. This is just part of who I am. My husband, on the other hand, he is not a big spender, not like me. Um, he does. He just doesn't want for many things and he definitely likes to have savings and an emergency fund set aside. And look, I totally agree with having those things too. And so we do balance each other out. And so he helps me rein in the spending at times and I encourage him to have a bit more fun and freedom than he might otherwise have had. And so we've now got a really good system, um, but it wasn't always that way. And I guess before I um, tell you a bit more about our story and, and our journey, I really want to talk about um, why I chose this topic um, for today. So I was looking on a Facebook forum and I saw someone um, write in with a question and their question was basically um, in terms of finances when people get married or when their relationship becomes serious you know when they commit whatever that looks like um, are people just supposed to combine everything financially and my answer to that would be Yes, 100%. You are supposed to combine everything. And just to clarify, combining is very different to splitting down the middle. Okay, there is no splitting. You combine. You combine everything. There is no middle. There is no you, me. There is only, you know, the two of you as a single combined entity. So there's no need to split. A, a relationship it's not a joint venture. It's not a business partnership where you split everything 50-50. It's two people agreeing to become one team. And so, you know, you might say, well, then what if one person earns more money than the other? Well, let me tell you, that does not matter. That earned income is earned by both of you. And when I was growing up, my dad went to work and he earned an income. My mum stayed home and looked after us kids. Now she did all the grocery shopping, the cooking, everything to do with school, the housework, the life admin, the social calendar and everything for the family for basically 20, 25 years between myself and um, my sibling growing up. And so in that situation, my dad did not have an income. They had an income. It was as much hers as it was his, ethically, morally, and, you know, like legally, that income was hers as much as his. But were my mum to have earned an income, it wouldn't have been her income. That would have been put into the pile with his as well. So it's like a collective combined income. And let me tell you this. If one person in the relationship earns more money than the other person, they do not get more votes as to what the money is used for or spent on. Okay, so let me say that again. If someone earns more money in the relationship, they do not get more votes. The voting rights are equal. You are supposed to sit down and discuss your goals together. You discuss and come up with your plans for your income and your money together. And so what this does, it means you're setting goals together instead of separate independent goals. 
And this is not only great for your relationship, it is so important to your financial future and your ability to achieve your goals, and it will greatly improve your chance of success. And so if this is something that you do struggle with, then perhaps you should seek the help of a financial advisor or maybe a marriage counsellor or a relationship expert to work with you as a couple to help you get on the same page with your goals for the future. And remember, setting goals should be fun. Um, there is so much more to life than working and doing chores. Uh, setting these goals, this is, this is the fun stuff. Uh, and so to help me explain a bit more why why this topic is so important. I want to tell you a story about when I first met my husband. So when we were first dating, we both worked full time. We earned similar amounts. We had similar salaries at that point in time, and we both had our own separate bank accounts. And when we went out on went out on dates, um, went out for dinner, whatever, we generally both contributed equally. So. Look, there were dates where um, he would buy the ticket for the movies and he'd pay for dinner, but then, you know, I'd pay for the taxi on the way home or some like dessert or drinks afterwards. And so none of us were like keeping track, but it was roughly equal and it all came out in the wash and and sort of that's how it worked when we were dating and that's fine and, and all good. Uh, but then fast forward to uh, a few years later, we were married. Um, we had a new home with a mortgage that was in joint names. Um, so it was just us, no kids and a cat. And we were earning still equal amounts. Um, we still had our own bank accounts for our pay to go into. And then we'd sort of split down the middle of the mortgage and uh, the bills. And and that worked okay for a while. Um, the issue came after we had our first child. So I had uh, used some annual leave and I took some paid maternity leave. We also had the government paid parental leave scheme. Uh, my husband used the dad and partner pay uh, to take some time off as well. And so it came to the point where all of the leave and all the paid maternity leave for me had stopped. And I hadn't gone back to work yet. I wasn't ready. My baby wasn't ready. He was only six months. And I remember it was this one morning. And, you know, being a new mom, I just wanted to, you know, put on some makeup, make myself feel a little bit good. And I realized I'd run out of the mascara that I normally use. And I wanted to go to Coles and get my mascara. But it was the first week that I hadn't been paid. And I checked my account. There wasn't much money in there and so for the first time in my adult life um, I found myself with effectively no income and so that night I was talking to my husband and I mentioned that my you know paid leave had stopped and that now I had no money coming in and um, he said oh well, no worries you know just tell me what you need and, and I'll get it for you or tell me how much money you need I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you and I remember I stood there and I was thinking this through and I just thought, oh, he's being so lovely. Um, and to be honest, I just really didn't have a good um, appreciation yet or understanding of my situation exactly. So I said to him, oh, look, I just wanted to get this mascara, but it's it's like $16 from Coles and I really need to be the one to get it because it's like this specific one. And he said to me, oh, well, okay, I'll just, I'll transfer you $20 and then you can go and get it. And um, so I said, thank you. 
And uh, he said, yeah, no worries. And the next day he went off to work and I got up with the baby and I went to Coles and bought my mascara. But while I was there, I realized there was a few other things I needed too. I needed some more baby wipes. I needed a new bottle cleaner um, and so on, right? So this was really a wake-up call for me that I suddenly had no income and our previous way of running the finances was no longer going to work for me or work for us. So that night we sat down and I explained to him that, thank you. It's not about transferring me $20 when I need it. That's that's not what it's about. I actually, I don't want to have to ask him for a favor or ask him to transfer me money every time I needed something because not only was it not very practical, it really felt like a power imbalance. And I didn't feel like if I'm having to go to him to ask for money, I didn't feel like we were equals. And look, this had just never come up with us before. And so, um, you know, he totally understood and we talked through some solutions. Later that week, we went down to the bank and we set up some new bank accounts um, in joint names. And we had to, for the first time in our lives, come up with a proper budget, a proper joint budget where we agreed together on what we would be spending our money on each pay. You know, we agreed how much for groceries, how much for bills. Um, We decided at the same time to set up a savings account for our son and, you know, how much we wanted to put a little bit in each pay. And, you know, it's not much, but 11 years later, I can tell you that kid's savings account is really starting to add up now. And one day, hopefully, um, you know, we'll have some money there to help help our kids out. Uh, So that was the first time we really thought carefully about our combined financial situation and goals. And in reality, we probably should have had that conversation um, before our son was born. And I really just want to flag, um, you know, if this is um, a stage that's coming up for you, um, don't wait until you're standing in coals and you've got no money to buy baby wipes. Try to have that conversation with your partner a bit beforehand. Obviously, your partner um, loves you and respects you and you're both in this together and there's no accusation or, um, you know, you, you you come at this from, from a good angle. Um, it's just about communication and the situation's changed. And so we need to um, change how we, how we organize our money. Um, but so an important part of the new system for us was that we also decided to have our own account for pocket money. So we had it that um, each of us got $100 a month um, in our own account to spend on whatever we wanted without feeling guilty or wasteful, etc. And so that little bit of pocket money um, gave each of us the freedom to buy our own things, whether it is a $16 mascara or a $20 lunch or whatever it was. That was our splurge account. Uh, we've since changed that system again. We no longer have pocket money accounts separately. We've got um, a really good understanding now of each other's spending habits. It is 11 years later. Um, there's so much trust. Uh, we now have a joint pocket money account um, and we just have an understanding that for anything um, that's below I don't know, say $100, we can just buy that. Um, But then for significant purchase, anything that is, you know, substantial in value and large, um, you know, we'll sit down and um, have a talk about it. And um, to be honest, anything large, that would be something that we'd we'd need to use our savings for because 
We don't keep that much money in our pocket money account these days. Ha -ha. Um, so I just want to say as well, it really doesn't matter how old you are or at what stage you are in your relationship. As long as you are committed and you're both together and you're planning to stay together for, for the long term, you could be 20 years old, you could be 50 years old. It is never too late to have a conversation about your finances and to get involved. So these are some of the, I guess, actions or steps that I'd really uh, recommend you take. So the first one is definitely communication. You need to have a conversation with your partner about finances and shared goals. And as I said before, there's no need to be accusational or negative. You approach this from the point of view that you are on the same team and you want to be aligned financially and you want to have shared goals for the future. Explain your side, listen to their side. Everyone remains calm, non-accusational, and your partner should see things from your point of view because they do love and respect you. And it doesn't matter, as I said, if you're in the early stages of your relationship or if you've been married for 20 years, it's never too late to uh, start having better conversations with each other about your money. And schedule regular money talks to review your financial situation and your goals and where you're up to. Um, you know, having a long-term plan, like what you want to do and where you want to be in 10 years is a great idea, as well as like a five-year plan of what you want to achieve and, and where you want to be together. The second really big tip I will give you is um, get involved in your finances. If you're the person in the couple who runs all of the money stuff, uh, pays all the bills, does all the transferring. There's usually one who does most of that stuff. Make sure you're encouraging your partner who's maybe less active. Make sure you're encouraging them to get involved and be aware of what's happening with your money stuff. Um, don't ignore this and, and don't shrug it off because what I do see uh, sometimes in my work as a financial advisor is that the one person in the relationship will sort of shrug it off and go, oh, well, you know, he deals with the money or she deals with the money stuff. But then that's all well and good until something goes wrong. And basically that person, you don't want them to crack it, um, you know, when they realise they're not getting the holidays or the activities and the things that they would like out of life. And you know, if things do get tricky financially, it can really create a rift if one person who's had and shouldered all the financial responsibility, um, you know, fails the other. So ignorance does not absolve you of any blame in your financial situation. You should both be involved, both be active participants, and you should definitely both have full visibility over all the bank accounts, um, investments, loans, etc. Full transparency, no secrecy when it comes to money. And so the last tip I have for you is create a spendings plan if you don't have one already. So it's like a budget, but it's a lot more fun. Um, I'm a big advocate for using multiple joint bank accounts to help you achieve this. Um, Bank accounts, you really need to have this uh, set up correctly. You can do this online or you can make an appointment at your bank, but you should have a number of different accounts. I'm actually going to be recording a whole um, other podcast on cash flow and the bank accounts that you should have. That one's coming up, so keep an eye out for that. Um, but um, 
yeah, definitely you should have multiple joint bank accounts. And so that's everything I have for you today. I hope you've enjoyed this first episode of the Real Money Mama podcast. I am so grateful that you listened. Thank you for joining me. Um, Stay tuned. There'll be a lot more episodes coming up. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you like it, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, The more people that listen, the better chance we have to increase financial literacy and help more people achieve their financial goals. So thank you again for joining me and I'll catch you next time on the Real Money Mama podcast.